Trep Life Tribe, Trep Stars, we are back with another episode, and it's a special one. Um, I'm very happy. Uh, like, we always have great guests, as you know, on the Trep Life, but um, this is coming from a really unique and I just want to say a really uh, authentic and inspirational perspective. Um, you definitely have to follow and really support um, our next guest. She has a great YouTube channel, great social media presence, and it's just growing. And you really have the opportunity now to get support her and connect with her on the ground level. And that's really a great opportunity to connect with an entrepreneur, but particularly her and just the way um, her brand is an extension of herself. So without further ado, I'm happy to bring on to the Trap Life uh, for one of our Limbo episodes as we are in between seasons, bonus content. So we're spoiling you today, but we're live here with Coach Riri. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited for this and I appreciate that wonderful introduction as well. How's your day going so far? It's not bad. It's it's been a pretty good day. I'm I'm I like Fridays. Huh? What about you? Yeah, same here. Honestly, it's been a pretty relaxing yet very productive day. Um, I'm just setting up for my website right now that I'm creating. So you know, just getting this business going even further. And you're doing that yourself? Yeah, I'm doing that myself. Actually, um, I love working on websites and creating that. So. I'm definitely learning still like on the analytics part in terms of like the SEO, the search engine optimization, but in terms of the graphic content and stuff, yes, I'm doing that myself. And do you feel like you have an eye for design or do you feel like this is something where you had a vision and you just wanted to do it and grow in that skill set or what was kind would, of your thinking behind it all? Um, I would actually say both. Because um, for my other current job that I work at and for another company, I actually designed their websites as well for them. Okay. I've, oh, yeah, I've always been into technology and creativity when it came to like any marketing type of sense. Um, so, yeah, I'm doing it myself. I just love doing like animations and just making everything look very nice, unique and pretty. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. You, would you ever kind of do more website design as a business model or is it just it's not your top passion as we're about um, to get into. I wouldn't really mind doing that honestly like I said okay. I, I enjoy doing you know that graphic design obviously there's still so much more to learn out there but I definitely do enjoy it and I could possibly see myself doing it sometime like like on the side type of situation and I've even had some friends ask me to help them in terms of like their graphic design as well okay well we might have to have a conversation off podcast about that okay um, thinking about doing some more um or creating a, uh, a website for trap life and some other projects i have going on so yeah not a problem and i'm always looking to connect with people you're gonna hate me for saying this but from my heart it's really how I feel based on mm -hmm. my experiences I hate working with graphic designers graphic really? artists <laughs> I think they are like top three most flaky difficult people to deal with I I love working with creative people that's like my background I consider mm -hmm. myself a creative person like a highly creative person if I'm being honest so like just their mindset and like how business is conducted is just like for the most part, but like when you can find a a gem of a graphic designer, a graphic artist, mm -hmm. it's so wonderful. It just makes life so much simpler. Yeah, someone I, that you can communicate with and fulfill everything. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think it's very important to whoever you're working with or you know outsourcing your projects to to be able to have contact with them. That way, you can give them your feedback in regards to what you want and vice versa. Because sometimes I think. And I'm sure I've done this too, um, but the business side of me kind of limits that, you know, and just mm -hmm. the way I think. But creatively, when you're doing things and you're presenting, um, you know, your different projects to people, sometimes feedback comes across as personal when it shouldn't be. 
uh, elaborate on that. Okay, so like if someone is designing uh, a graphic for me, for example, like some for an event I have coming up, mm-hmm. and I say, oh, I like this, but I was kind of seeing it, and you might give three suggestions. I was kind of seeing it off-centered. I was kind of seeing this. But with that being said, um, you're more than your project, your output. Like, just because someone has a different vision for their project than what you're necessarily presenting or maybe what you see Mm -hmm. or what you think is best, that doesn't mean that you're any less talented. That doesn't mean that you're any less smart or capable or it, it and so i don't think people particularly creative people should internalize feedback yeah and i think sometimes you can use it as a point to grow or you know and i, I think sometimes creative people don't always recognize the creativity in other people who aren't necessarily from creative backgrounds mm-hmm. because there's some people who just have an eye for design yeah they I'm, can't necessarily do it, but they they know what kind of looks good. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. And at the end of the day, honestly, everybody has their own vision. Beauty, of course, is in the eye of the beholder. So right. if it's your project, you might see it. You might have a, a specific vision for it. And then your designer is. And so I really think it's important for you to be able to still work with each other and, you know, do what's best for you. Exactly. And and I think always being open to learning and growing in your craft. I think a lot of people, not just creatives, just get to a point where they don't necessarily want to grow anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I and they're very... That limited on where they want to learn from it has to come from a very specific place and it's usually based on like status rather than anything that's more more than authentic authentic yeah that's the word I was going to use yeah yeah 100% I really agree with you on that and so we've kind of talked a little bit here but take us back to your background who were you? What was your childhood like? What's your um, story with your family background? So, who were you in high school? All that we want to want to get to know you. Yeah, of course. Our time together today. Yeah, so I am twenty two. I just turned twenty two in June. So um, happy belated birthday! Thank you. <laughs> so I am Middle Eastern. Um, that's my background. My family is from Jordan. But I was born and raised in Maryland. Um, I lived in Maryland until I was about 16 or so. And then once my parents both got divorced, we moved to Kuwait with my dad, and my, my dad, my sisters, and I. We lived there for a year and a half. And then we moved back to Maryland for my senior year. Um, as soon as I graduated, my sisters and I moved out to Arizona with my mom. So I am currently in Arizona now. And I have definitely grown massively since I was younger, um, especially since high school as well. I've always had that determination and, you know, strive for success type of mindset. But now I continue to grow and see the world in a different way. And by that, I mean, I see it more as like there's an abundance amount of, of opportunities around us. And I really think it's important to always try and keep a optimistic attitude towards life as well. Um, I've gone through like a lot of stress and, you know, hardships during my parents' divorce when I was younger, having to stand up for myself, having to stand up for my mom, my sisters and I, and it really shaped my character as a person. And I would say every single thing that I've been through I would not change a single thing because it made me the strong person who I am today. That's awesome. Yeah. So a lot of traveling the world, um, a lot of different experiences. Do you feel like 
and also in terms of your personal experiences, how do you feel like your worldview was shaped based on your um, experiences with your family and your interactions in two different countries? Well, living in the States, I would say, you know, like before my parents got divorced, um, pretty overall, like open-minded, you know, just kind of letting us experience things to an extent. But of course, after my parents got divorced and I moved to Kuwait with my um, sisters and my dad, it was a whole different experience for sure. It was, although I'm Middle Eastern and it's still a different Arab country than where I'm from. And it was still a huge culture shock, you know, being raised, born and raised in the States. And then you move to a whole foreign country. Um, I had to go to an all girls school my first semester there because supposedly they were the only ones who were going to accept all my credits and have that transferred properly. But when I started, some of the credits got lost. So after that, we switched to another all-American school that was international, and it had a, it was co-ed, and it had more diversity there. So I would say I definitely had enjoyed that. Um, But it's just, tougher to live in the Middle East, in my opinion, at least my experience was, because I feel like there aren't that many opportunities out there for women to, you know, um, go out and be about in terms of like jobs or education. But then again, I was only in high school. So I didn't really, you know, look for that or get the chance to experience anything in that sense. But what kind of made you get that sense? that there was some limitation in terms was it just the culture in general things that you were hearing or yeah I would say kind of idea going into a new area or a new country like what I would say the idea of going into a new country and then I would say most of the people around me because you know in the states like at 16 for example 17 you can get a job you can you know experience life in that sense when I was there, you know, all my friends, all of us were, if we're in school, we're just in school. We don't have any other types of jobs. So I didn't see anybody within my age group um, or even let's say like a year or two older that was out working in certain jobs, whether it was for, I mean, I'm sure they have internships there for sure, but I just didn't see anything that you would see here in the States when you get a job. Okay. And so... Were you, when you were over there, were you thinking like, yeah, I have to get out of here. It's time for me to go back stateside or. Oh, for sure. Was... Okay. <laughs> yeah. It, like I said, it was really tough and stuff, but I learned, I eventually I learned to adapt. And when I made friends there, it made things easier for me as well. But regardless, I felt like the life in the States was easier for me. And like I said, more opportunities because. When I was younger, I was always so excited. I was like, oh, as soon as I turn 16, I can get my first job. And then, of course, I was in a different country, so I didn't get to experience what I had wanted to when I turned that age, as well as have to wait to get my permit when I got back to the States as well. Right. So, like, you mentioned your sisters. What's the relationship like between you and your sisters? And, like, where are the ages between all of you? So me and my sisters have a very close relationship. One of my sisters is 17 and the other one is 20. So between me and the youngest is five years. Between me and my other sister is a year and a half. And thankfully, um, we have a very great relationship, um, especially during my parents' divorce that got us closer to each other and helped us grow and support with one another. And how does it feel to be the oldest? I'm the oldest. And I I think for me, it definitely shaped me as a leader. Yeah, I would definitely say the same thing. It's definitely shaped me as a leader. Um, and a lot of the times, even up until now, um, I definitely feel like I'm responsible for them, even though, you know, they're older now. And, you know, my mom's around with us as well. She's like, you don't have to, they're not your responsibility, but I always feel like they are to an extent. Right. <laughs> Even when I was younger, you know, I wouldn't have to be the best that I could be because, you know, they're looking up to me at the end of the day. So that's what 
could be tough at times when you're younger you're making mistakes you don't want your you know your younger siblings to follow the mistakes that you're doing so you have to make sure you're you're doing well and a good example for them I wholeheartedly agree with that and I I think sometimes I may have like fallen short of that but that was always my goal yeah it's always a work in progress I mean we're, we're not perfect at the end of the day and so what would you say are some differences between Maryland and Arizona? Uh, and do you, a whole lot. And were <laughs> you like kind of paying attention enough back then? Cause you were, you know, you were still young, maybe weren't thinking in an entrepreneurial way then about, is this an environment where I could start a business? Like that's where really what I'm trying to gauge. Um, and even just the culture, like how are people, how was it socially? What was going on? Well, in Maryland and between Maryland and Arizona, I would definitely say Arizona is my favorite place. Um, I use, I have family out in, here in Arizona, and I used to come out and visit when I was younger. So Arizona has literally been my dream place to live and go to school at um, since I was a little kid. So, you know, everything happening, it thankfully gave me this opportunity to finally live out here and grow and be more of myself and who I am when I was younger I definitely have always had that entrepreneur mindset and I always used to tell myself I mean yeah sure it didn't happen exactly how I wanted to but I used to tell myself when I was like maybe 13 14 oh as soon as I turn 16 I'm gonna be rich I don't know how I don't know when but I know it's (laughs) gonna happen of course 16 came around I was not rich but that's when I actually ended up getting um one of my first jobs. So I was making money, like it was towards like the end of being 16. So I'm like, okay, the universe to an extent still answered my question and my hope, you know what I mean? Were you into like affirmations then or? Yeah, so I really got into affirmations um, during my parents' divorce because that's when I started being, um, showed more like spirituality, meditation, affirmations, all of that self-development that's when I really got into it because um, my mom was getting into it so I started developing with that I would say around the age of 16 maybe like 15 and a half 16 yeah so you've been practicing that for about six years now yeah I have so it's definitely helped me get through lots of challenges that I've experienced as well as just helps enlighten my day um if I'm not in the greatest mood naturally I start to think of like certain affirmations um tell myself to release any energy that's not serving me to you know just change my vibe change my energy so how do you how did you get started with affirmations like did you read a book did someone tell you about them what was going on um my mom and my aunt were into it so they would send me like youtube videos and links and um yeah a lot of them would just be like through meditation so it'd be like a guided meditation and within that meditation they have affirmations like i am you know abundant i am prosperous whatever it was that i had wanted to listen to at the time right so and then you started just developing like your own practices at that point or were you still just kind of following your mom and aunt um I definitely had developed my own practices and of course they would send me different um videos for me to watch and learn about as well as different speakers I used to listen I was really into Wayne Dyer um he he had a lot of different books that I would read in regards to affirmations, a law of attraction. That's what I first started off with. And I used to, again, affirmations really helped me get through a lot. So I used to write down affirmations on um, pieces of paper and I would tape them all to my wall. And, or like to my wall, I would also tape them to my mirror. So anytime I look in the mirror, I see the affirmations and I'm naturally reading them. So, did that kind of get get you into reading? It definitely did. Um, okay. Because, like I said, I started to 
listened to Wayne Dyer and then I started reading some of his books. So I was I was on I was reading at the time, but I wouldn't read consistently. I would say I only started to really read consistently when I moved out to Arizona and more so within the past one or two years is when I really got even more consistent with it. And now that I'm also doing um, the challenge 75 hard, I've, I've been reading every single day the past 25 days. And then before that time period, I would just be reading like on and off. It depends on what books I have. And if I'm not physically reading a book, I, I'm definitely listening to an audiobook. Okay. And explain that challenge again. You said 75 hard. Yeah, 75 hard. Um, is a challenge by Andy Priscilla, and he is the owner of First Form. It's a supplement company. And okay. so part of the challenge is for 75 days straight, you have to read 10 pages of a self-development book. It can't be an audiobook. Um, you have to drink a gallon of water, follow a meal plan, consume to your goals, no cheat meals, no alcohol, as well as working out twice a day for 45 minutes each. And of course, the exercises don't have to be intense. It's to whatever your level is. And I'm currently on day 25 today. Day 25. Well, yeah. congrats. <laughs> Thank you. And I really congrats for finishing the challenge strong. We all know you will. Yeah, I, I'm really excited to see the final results of it, honestly. Um, but then I recently had found out that there's actually four phases to this challenge. And overall, the entire challenge is a period of 12 months. So okay. between the 75 hard and phase one, I can either get started right on it right away or take a break in between. I decided to do, well, I'm planning on taking a two-day break between this time and phase one. And okay. phase one is just 30 days. And then between phase one and two, you have to take a mandatory 30-day break. And then phase two, same thing, another 30 days, but adds a little bit more tasks. And between phase two and three, you start phase three year to date that you started 75 hard. So phase three, I won't start until next June of 2021. Okay. So yeah, this is a process. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. So you're committed. You have a plan. Yeah, I'm very committed and disciplined to it, especially because through my social media, um, you know, I've been telling people about it. I created an accountability team so me and my friends can keep each other all accountable during this challenge. And it just feels really nice to be able to create that community with those around you. Absolutely. And you, you talk a lot about that accountability but also collaboration and staying away from isolation. Yeah, I think it's very important. Honestly, if you want to succeed in anything to learn how to work with other people, because if you only work by yourself all the time, you'll only get so far because eventually you're going to tire yourself out. You can't do everything by yourself from A to Z. You know, you need feedback. You need help in certain aspects if you want to be really effective in what you're doing. I wholeheartedly agree. I think competition isn't effective the way that it used to. Mm -hmm. Now you should still have like a personal competition with yourself where you're always trying to be the best version of yourself. Yeah. And you, but it's more about collaboration when you see someone else, don't see them as a threat, see them as, um, you know, if anything, somebody not to work a rival. With. Yeah, someone to work with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where it's like you, you bring out the best in each other. Like you can still have that fire and that intensity, but pull each other up while you're doing it. I think that just makes, uh, when you look back on moments like that, you feel better when there were other people around that you were influencing, that were influencing you. Yeah, 100%, honestly. And that's what working on Instagram and, you know, uh, meeting a lot of people, I've really learned to uh, and me, I learned to enjoy doing collabs with others, as well as getting out of my comfort zone by approaching other people to do collabs with. Um, and there's some recently, I've been trying to look at a little bit larger accounts to do collabs with. 
because I'm like at the end of the day it doesn't matter how big or small my following is because you know I'm still I'm still getting there working on it but I think it's still worth a shot to try and work with other larger accounts as well because it go ahead oh I'm sorry I didn't mean to cut you off continue I was gonna say because at the end of the day honestly um, it's a win-win situation to an extent you either help each other grow in that aspect by you know exposing each other to one another's followers or you just work together to strengthen one another and you know just help each other out I I totally agree with you on that and I was just gonna say I think the way you are on social media I think you're a lot of people are going to want to collab with you I know I instantly had that reaction and uh, that notion and I, I feel like your profile is a profile that people will think blew up overnight, but it's all the work leading up to it that will really lead to all that. I feel like it's just like going to be like one week, one month that you suddenly blow up to like 50K followers or 100K, something like that, and just keep growing, keep growing. Thank you. I really appreciate that. That's a vision I always continuously have for myself, which is why I I like to stay very consistent and even engaging with all my supporters. Um, anybody who, you know, is anybody who follows me, I always like to thank them and get to know them and to, you know, show that, like, I noticed that you followed me and I appreciate the support as opposed to people just following me and then, you know, not really engaging with them, then they're not really engaging with me either because of the algorithms as well. So I think it's very important to thank those who are following you and, um, you know, just notice them. And a big thing with me is reciprocity. And you're one to always say, thank you for sharing that. And you, you don't do things for a thank you, but it's like if someone is just if you're sharing someone's post and they're not sharing anything of yours they're not even saying a thank you they're not even acknowledging that you did share them yeah it's it's harder to engage with someone like that yeah exactly i'm with you on that which is why like the other day when you shared my post i i thanked you for it because i appreciate Instantly. it i know yeah i yeah i noticed it i appreciate it um of course i wish i could always see who's sharing my posts but it doesn't always show me all the time especially if I have like older posts I would have to like check every photo to see if it was shared or not but um I always am checking to see if somebody had shared it to definitely thank them for that and it's I think that speaks just to like your openness and commitment to collaboration as well as just the sense of gratitude that you um, exude yeah thank you like even um you know smaller accounts that are just starting off um I've had some reach out to me and say like oh like let's do a video together or you know like a workout whether it's a workout video or just anything to do a live on I'm always like yeah sure so like I'll talk to them I don't really care right. how many followers you have as long as you know we as well and create a good conversation and engage other people as well. Exactly. So you started this YouTube channel. Yeah. Walk us through that process. Why YouTube channel? Why now a lot of people are complaining about YouTube and its regulations and some demonetization. Um, And you've just take us through the whole journey of, launching a YouTube channel, which is a task within itself, and walk us through your uh, fitness journey. Yeah, sure. In the background on that. Yeah, so my YouTube channel, I started it about maybe like three months ago or so. Um, I had thought about doing one before while I was still building my Instagram, but I was like on and off about it. But one of my friends um, who I had met through Instagram, he kept telling me his like, you really need to start a YouTube channel. Like if I had known how much I was going to grow on YouTube, then I would have started it like forever ago. That's what he was telling me about himself. He was like, I highly recommend it. You're going to get 
more engagement on there, you'll be able to have a wider audience, you know, because if somebody searches something on YouTube, you know, they might come across your video as opposed to through Instagram where you can't really search. So my friend definitely um, kept pushing me to do that. And I was like, you know what? Okay, so I created my first intro video talking about why I started my business as well as how I started with my fitness journey and the way and I'm still working on my YouTube channel I haven't really posted too much recently um it's because I've been working on some other things for my Instagram and building it but I definitely keep my social medias over a wide variety of content I like to talk about lifestyle it's not only about workouts on there and nutrition. I like to educate people through psychology, through life, because I'm studying psychology in school, um, as well as do collabs with people talking about whether it's nutrition and spirituality, whether it's relationships, um, self-care, all of that. So I like to, I have my YouTube and my Instagram platforms and to be able to share a wide variety of, you know, things, daily life with people to have any type of audience, not only directed toward those who like fitness. And some of the other topics you talk about, and I I think they all go together in a way. They're all interconnected. Yeah. Um, Some people don't view it that way, but I I kind of view things in a more eclectic way. Mm -hmm. Where I think things are just intertwined when you really start getting to it. But you talk about relationships, and this is actually how I was first introduced to you. Yeah, so I like to talk about relationships and, you know, some people are like, okay, what would you know, like, about relationships, for example, as, like, a 22-year-old, but in reality is it's not only about relationships with, like, as romantic relationships, it's about the relationship with yourself, the relationship with your environment, um, with friends, whatever it is, everything in life is basically relationships. Uh, or even like for example the relationship like I mentioned earlier between nutrition and spirituality uh, the things that you consume is not only the food that you're eating and putting in your mouth or drinking what you're consuming in your nutrition is uh, you know the music you listen to the tv that you watch the people you surround yourself with that's all a form of nutrition in your consumption and has an effect on your, you know, your spirituality, your aura, your energy. So what do you think the connection is? Like, where where do you think it all starts? Do you think it starts with a sense of self, and then you can grow into your spiritual identity, and then you can cultivate a fitness and nutrition identity lifestyle from there? Or how do you think that process works? Um, I would definitely say, I mean, we're all spiritual beings to start off with. Some people might not identify as such, but in reality, I mean, you know, if you have a soul, you know, you're connected to a higher source, you're spiritual, but you might not have the, I guess you can say the stereotypical types of ideas and ideology towards that. But I would say that the relationship between fitness and spirituality and all of that is that, you know, through exercise, you're moving your energy, you know, um, you're using energy, you're, everything has to do with your energy. So it's important to make sure that, again, the things that you're consuming, for example, are keeping you mo- being able to be more mobile and to be able to really I guess you can say for lack of a better term feel lighter because for example if you don't have like the right nutrition you're going to feel more sluggish your energy is not going to be at its optimal level whether that's physically or spiritually so I definitely believe that they all intertwine and your thoughts as well every single thought that you have produces a chemical signal into your body and that plays a role into the energy that you're emitting as well because essentially everything you know we have like electrons in our body you know so it's important to be able to 
realized how powerful and a spiritual energy that we are emitting is. I love that. Thank you. Do you do you think health and wealth are energies? Health and wealth, yeah, for sure. You're if you have good health, for example, it means that your energy is that's around you and inside of you is aligned. But when you your health is bad, your energy is not aligned with one another. For example, you know when you have a disease, that's because your body is at dis ease. If you break up the word to get, uh, if you break the word apart, and a lot of people don't realize that. For example. Um, when people have cancer, you know, that's cells multiplying at an intensely rapid pace. And that's because most of the time uh, cancer is caused by stress and negative environmental factors. And that negative environment around them, the external is affecting their internal environment. So I think it's really important to be mindful of what you're surrounding yourself with, because that definitely plays a role into your energy. And same thing with wealth. It's just uh, a more, uh, it's a, had a higher frequency, in my opinion. Definitely. So how did you get into fitness? Um, I heard that you've been working out since you were like 13. How did that happen? Yeah, so I used to see my mom working out um all the time so I used to like do some at-home workout videos with her but even though I would do those with her I used to hate gym class (laughs) I used to actually tell I always always used to write myself notes to get out of gym class like oh I can't run today not feeling well I would be like I have asthma I can't do that I would literally always look for any type of excuse but occasionally I would work out at home with my mom and then after that, I really um, just used to exercise for a stress relief, honestly. It really helped me, you know, release any stress that I was having. And I would say I really got into it consistently is when I moved out to Arizona four years ago. Um, and I just feel like it really helps my mental clarity. It helps my overall well-being and I like to challenge myself mentally and physically so of course exercise is a great way to do that and so when did it become was the transition I guess from it being just a personal practice of yourself and a release to I can create a business from this when did the entrepreneur element come into play I would say a year ago or about yeah about a year year and a half ago about a year and a half ago it used to be like come to mind like on and off I mean when I really got into fitness consistently four years ago my friends would always ask me for different um, workout advice different things about nutrition I was always like their go-to for that and I never really and a lot of the times when I'd be working out with people and, you know, we're just training together. Like, they're so intense, like, with these exercises. Like, we can't keep up type of situation. And I'm like, well, it's just, you know, I like to challenge myself. So when it really came down to deciding if it's best for me to, you know, continue to do any type of occupation or go for fitness, I decided fitness because it's my passion. It's what I always look forward to in my day so I was like why not you know be a trainer as well as I had a I have a friend who had asked me to train him as well um and he was going into the air force so he was like you should definitely become a personal trainer and all that and I was like you know what I should so I got into it I studied I got my certification and then I started training him for the air force and it definitely helped him a lot as well because when he got there he was at a higher level than those around him because he had trained for it. So that was the beginning of my fitness career in deciding to do it because it's it's definitely one of my passions. 
And so how have you seen yourself develop as an entrepreneur? Um, I would say one, like I mentioned earlier, by doing collabs with people, stepping out of my comfort zone. I would say I also am learning and striving to always know and do more so I can provide as much value to uh, towards my platforms as possible. And it's just really helped me because I love to inspire people. I like to help people whenever I can. So this is such a great way to be able to do so. And I like to, you know, I listen to like, I'll listen to different podcasts to learn more about marketing, to learn more about finances, to learn more about nutrition, fitness, so I can work with all that and, you know, put it into practice with my business. So, you know, you've really talked about social media and your social media presence. What are some strategies that you think are beneficial for social media? And how do you see social media changing in the next maybe three years, three to five years? Um, I definitely think social media in the next three to five years is going to be at its optimal and it's going to continue to grow and expand massively, especially because of, you know, the whole, the COVID situation, quarantine, a lot of places are people are still on quarantine. So everything has, you know, transitioned to being online now and people connecting with each other more online. So I think that's definitely going to be, you know, the next level of education, the next level of jobs, opportunities in, in that such. Um, and then in terms of social media, I feel like, like I mentioned earlier, the best thing to do is thank those who are following you, you know, show recognition, show value towards your audience because you want to be as engaging as possible, ask for feedback, ask them what they want to see, what type of content um, they want you to create, as well as doing live videos, for example, on Instagram. Um, before I decided to do that, I was very shy about it. A lot of people used to tell me that that's the best way to engage with your audience and to build a, a faster growing network. So when I eventually decided to step out of my comfort zone and do so, I definitely saw the change in that and the positive impact it had. So I've definitely continued to do it from there. Do you feel like social media has made you a better communicator? Oh, for sure. I mean, I've always liked talking and communicating with others, but through social media, I've learned how to communicate better because I'm engaging with a diverse audience, um, as well as, of course, when I'm doing a live, I want to be more prepared for it. I sometimes I'll do like an outline beforehand of, you know, some things I'm going to discuss. Or I'll just go with the flow of it with whoever I'm doing the live with. But I make sure that, you know, we're on the same page in regards to the topic. So I have definitely feel like I've become better at communicating because I want to make sure that my content is, is short, it's direct, but it's providing value within that short time frame. So how long is your Instagram account versus... Or how does it compare, I guess, your Instagram account versus your YouTube account? Um, my YouTube account is going to have a little bit of longer videos in the sense that it'll probably maybe, let's say, like five to ten minutes of me, you know, discussing a topic or some other YouTube videos that I have on there. Um, I did lives with three people on there. Well, three, including myself. So it was better for me to do like, for example, live on there when I had two guests because I was able to, of course, have two guests versus one on Instagram. And we can see the comments on the side and, you know, bring them up to the screen and engage with our audience there. And some of the other stuff I would have on my YouTube, I'm going to put start posting longer workout videos compared to my Instagram is just maybe short like 10 to 30 second videos of just me either talking about something or posting a workout. Okay. And give us a glimpse into your workout routine. So my workout routine is 
pretty diverse, I would say. Um, I love boxing, so I'm I do boxing. I do hit workouts. I do yoga occasionally, just to you know relax my muscles and get more um, flexibility. As well as I like to do cardio, especially doing more outdoor workouts. Now I've been running outdoors more, so I have really have a wide variety of workouts I like to do between hit, between cardio, between dancing as well. So just about anything to really get me moving and flowing as well as even strength training. I love lifting. You like lifting? Yeah. So what are you, is there a certain area that you're currently focused on or is it all um, comprehensive, holistic? I would say overall, it's pretty holistic. But what I feel like I'm really focusing more towards right now is my boxing and body weight strength. So okay. I'm really focusing on my speed in boxing, more on my technique, as well as more body weight strength, like um, like a variety of different push-ups and working on pull-ups, all of that. Do you think you would ever get into uh, boxing? or even kickboxing as, like, competitive? Competitive? Probably not, honestly, because I like my feet. I don't want to... <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to... I don't want it all bruised. <laughs> you don't want to bruise it up? No. no. So I would definitely say I would I would do it, like, with somebody one-on-one, like, doing mitt work, but not in terms of actually physically punching each other. <laughs> Maybe training someone. Yeah, training. Yeah, training somebody for sure. My friend and I have recently been training together, and I have been learning much more, so I can train other people in boxing as well, like through mitt work and the basics. So, you you talked a little bit about psychology before. Yeah. What do you think is the difference or distinction between power? or influence um between power and influence well between power that could really fall between it can have different you know definitions towards it um your power i would say is probably more so of the energy that you're portraying to others it's you know making sure that you have power within yourself and then power and influence play a role together because you want to have the power to be able to really influence others. Um, And influencing really comes down to making a difference or an impact in somebody else's life, whether that comes out positive or whether that comes out a little bit more negative. Um, That's how I see influence as. Which would you rather have, power or influence? If I only had to pick one? If you only had to pick one. Um... I would say influence because to an extent when you have influence towards others, you really, you have the power because you're influencing them. Right. And so it's like, in terms of leadership, you would say you're influential. Yeah. Right. More than like I have power over you or I'm powerful. Yeah, exactly. I would say definitely influence because if you if you were to say it in the terms you just mentioned, if you say I'm like I have power over you, of course that there's no leadership within them. That's more of like a dictatorship versus saying you have you're influential towards somebody that comes down to being more of that leadership position, somebody looking up to you and you know, hopefully striving to be better. Like that. So one your main tagline on your Instagram is my goal is to make you the best version of you. Exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. Where did that come from? And how, what are strategies that you use to make that happen? So I I would definitely say that it came from that. Everybody is their own individual. Everybody has their own strengths. And I think it's important for people to be able to realize the value that they hold as opposed to trying to be like somebody else. Um, I've had many people tell me like, oh, I wish I was like you or had 
you know, that talent or whatever it is. But I always go back and tell them, well, you know, this is me and you're you, you're unique. You have your own strengths that you can cultivate and, you know, bring out and you can show the world what you're capable of type of situation. So the way I incorporate that with my clients is to bring out the best of their capabilities and abilities in order to reach whatever their goal is, whether that's fat loss or whether that's even them, even helping them towards their mindset, towards their nutrition, as well as towards their fitness. Because I've had many clients who have such a negative relationship with their nutrition, as well as with working out, um, whether it's in terms of confidence, whether it's in terms of not feeling like they have the willpower over their self, you know, over themselves. So I teach them different ways and to, you know, take a look at it in a different sense with their mindset. So let's say I tell them, for example, instead of working out because you hate your body, work out because you love your body. Your body is doing so much for you. It's keeping you alive. It's, you know, you're breathing, you're digesting your food without you having to consciously think about it. It's your feet, they're keeping you up. So why would you hate the thing that's trying to, you know, keep you alive and keep me going? That's just a, one example. Absolutely. So and I feel like you really just answered this, but I kind of even want to go another layer into it. The market you're in is highly saturated, right? Mm-hmm particularly on Instagram, particularly with social media and everything going on with COVID. There are a lot of people who are workout instructors, fitness gurus, um, you know, law of attraction, personalities. How are you going to carve out a niche for yourself? Um. Many people have actually asked me this, and I feel like through this through this time, I really realized that at the end of the day, my energy is my energy, and that's what I'm, you know, showing and providing or, or emitting to others. And then the other fitness influence out there is, or trainers, that's their energy. Um, some people may like my energy and gear towards that, and then vice versa. You know, you can have so many people discussing the exact same topic word by word, but naturally you might have a stronger vibe or connection with one person versus the other. So at the end of the day, I just say my energy is basically my niche to an extent. It's it's also me providing value in multiple ways. Like I mentioned earlier, I like to keep a dynamic range of topics and show that it's a lifestyle in multiple aspects as opposed to just solely fitness and just workouts where I'm not really either engaging with my audience as well. I love, absolutely love that response. And I think that's so true for you. Thank you. (laughs) You have a very unique energy. It's very, um, it just radiates from you. And you can just tell, like, you're glowing, you know, and it just, you have that vibration. So it's like, and it just goes back to just you being authentic. And I think that just resonates with people. Yeah, thank you very much. That's what I definitely strive for. So I always appreciate this notice and, you know, when I get feedback from others as well, telling me that they're inspired by what I'm doing, even though I might not see them like engaging as much on my posts, like in terms of likes or comments. But when I get those messages, it definitely is one of the fuel to keep me going for sure. Because I think a lot of times with fitness people, a lot of things come across as just for show. Yeah. And like really ego based, like, I'm I'm like I personally not like fond of that industry for the most part. Yeah. But there there's always great people in the industry and I feel like you're going to be a part of that new generation, that new wave 
of upcoming holistic fitness um, coaches. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah, I definitely like to take a holistic approach towards it as opposed to like I see a lot of fitness pages with where people are just like either flexing their muscles only or you know just taking like booty pictures or whatever like that and I'm like okay but what value are you truly providing to people like okay sure they think you look good they're liking your picture you have like whatever 100,000 comments on it but are you really providing value to that individual because if, at the end of the day, the only time you're really making an influence or impact on somebody is when somebody's in a situation and you come to mind to help them either through that or, you know, something that you might have said to lever them in the situation that they're in versus you're not going to remember somebody who's, who's just flexing on Instagram or social media to, you know, motivate you, I guess you can say. Definitely. I, I don't think that's motivation. So, yeah. <laughs> You know, that's just me. I get, and I, at the same token, it works for some other, someone else, like you yeah. were saying. So it just depends. But I have two more questions for you, then we'll get out of here. Yeah, sure. I know how busy you are. How would you define coaching and where do you see the industry going? Um, I would devi- define coaching as teaching. Um, and by teaching I would mean that like you're teaching others in a sense of you know for example if we're talking about just like the exercises you know you're teaching them the correct form the correct posture the correct breathing techniques Um, that's you know part of being a coach as well as showing that leadership and I think the strongest part of being a coach and having that leadership role is to have empathy and understanding as well as listen to the person that you're working with. So a lot of the times where I feel like fitness coaches or just coaches in general deviate away from that is when they're like, oh, well, I can do it. Why can't you type of situation? You have to realize that everybody has their own individual capabilities and you're not, you know, you're not your client, for example your client is there to get the support and the guidance from you. So it's important to show them that you're willing to work with them as well as understand where they're coming from. So you can really collab and work well with one another. And I definitely see the fitness industry uh, to expanding massively. And I would definitely say it's going to be taking more of that online approach now. So you're launching this website, you have the YouTube channel, the Instagram presence, you're ready for the online domination. Yeah. As well as showing off your niche, which is your energy. Yeah. Okay. So last question. Do you have any questions for me? Um. No, honestly, I don't. I definitely would say that you're doing a really great job, though, with everything. Um, You know, all the questions that you ask, all the, you know, the responsiveness, everything is definitely really great, everything that you're doing. And it's always noticed, and I wish you the best in this, for sure. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. I don't think we got it in the front end. But can you tell us your name, where every, where everyone can find your links, and how we can stay connected with you? Yeah, so my real name is Serena, but I go by Coach Riri um, through my social media and everything. That's what my friends call me. So you can find me on Instagram. My Instagram is at mindsbodygames underscore fitness. And games is spelled with a Z, not an S. Um, same thing you can find me on YouTube, Facebook, Mind Body Games Fitness, and yeah, all my social media. Same thing with TikTok, Mind Body Games underscore fitness. So follow her on everything, subscribe, definitely support the YouTube channel. There's some really phenomenal content. Um, I've just been going through on YouTube and on Instagram, you know, your post. I feel like every week something's catching my eye. So 
I'm really good. Definitely keep it up and looking forward to continuing to show support and just witness your journey. Yeah, thank you so much. I would definitely say likewise for sure. And oh, last shout out. Shout out to Playboy Zay because without you two doing that live stream, this episode would never have happened. Well, I'm glad it definitely worked out for sure. <laughs> so, and that is all for us. And hopefully sometime in the future, uh, we will have Coach Riri um, back with us to kind of check in, get an update with her and see how her entrepreneur journey is progressing. And she may be kind enough to do an episode of one of the other podcasts as well. So oh, for sure, I would more love to. collaborations in the future. Yeah, for sure. I would definitely love to. And I appreciate you having me on again. Always. Always that spirit of gratitude and authenticity. Gotta love it. Thank you. Everyone, I mean it. Go follow her. Check it out. You won't regret it. It's good stuff. And stay engaged. She's going to give it right back. So we are out.